Hello, everyone, and welcome to the November 8th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd's Karen and Kelly. Let's get started with our litigation report. The Los Angeles DWC office set three separate lean consolidation conferences last month in cases involving compound pharmacy, interpreter, and durable medical goods liens. This office has an extraordinary number of these liens to resolve. These conferences were scheduled to explore ways to reduce the lien litigation backlog. A special web page has now been created by the DWC to allow any interested party to read the pleadings filed for and against lien consolidation. The new site will collect all of the pleadings received by the division regarding the three separate lien consolidation conferences. Each type of lien has its own section on the web page. The page also includes dates for follow-up meetings for each type of lien at the Los Angeles District Office. If any party wishes to post pleadings to this page, they should be submitted as a PDF file and be emailed to both mcon at dir.ca.gov and jfrank at dir.ca.gov. Here are some of the new dates that now apply to these cases. Petitions for consolidation of interpreter liens are due Friday, November 12. Oppositions to consolidation are due Thursday, December 2. The next meeting for interpreter lien consolidation is set for Monday, December 6 at 10 a.m. The next meeting for durable medical goods liens is set for Monday, December 13 at 10 a.m. All conferences and meetings are at the Los Angeles District Office at 320 West 4th Street, 1st Floor, in the Auditorium in Los Angeles. Majestic Capital, formerly known as CRM Holdings, has announced a proposed $41 million settlement with the New York State Workers' Compensation Board and Attorney General Andrew Cuomo. The Workers' Compensation Board and Cuomo launched proceedings against the company almost a year ago. The board sued CRM, alleging it mismanaged eight self-insurance trusts, causing more than $400 million in damages. Eleven months of negotiations led to a memorandum of understanding with the two state entities and Majestic, with a settlement valued at $41 million. Majestic's public statement also reported a third-quarter net loss of $8 million from its insurance business. However, a planned sale of the company to Bayside Equity Partners remains on track to close early 2011. Majestic's report also contained a going concern statement warning that it is possible that events could work out worse than anticipated and potentially force it into bankruptcy. The settlement will require approval by the California Department of Insurance as the company has done business and self-insurance trust management in California. Majestic continues to operate offices administering California workers' compensation claims in San Francisco, Irvine, and San Diego. And now our fraud report. The last defendant in the AIG adjuster fraud case has been sentenced to 12 years in prison. Rene Montez was sentenced to 12 years in state prison for his part in a conspiracy to defraud two insurance companies out of $1.4 million. 
He is the last of four defendants to be sentenced in the case. He pleaded guilty to 122 felony counts, including 59 counts of grand theft, 59 counts of insurance fraud, three counts of tax evasion, and one count of conspiracy. Montez was accused of sending more than 50 letters to AIG and Matrix Absence Management falsely claiming to have authority to negotiate, settle, and collect payment on pending liens. The other three people convicted in the case were Hector Parada, George Martinez, and Kara Cruz-Thompson. Parada, Martinez, and Cruz-Thompson negotiated liens while working as claims adjusters. The three allegedly knew that Monte's lien claims were fraudulent, yet they paid him more than $1.17 million from AIG and $310,000 from Matrix. In addition to his prison sentence, Montez was ordered to pay more than $1.7 million in restitution. Earlier, Parada was sentenced to eight years, and Martinez and Cruz Thompson were each sentenced to two years in prison. And now some financial news. Employers Holdings reported third quarter income of $10.1 million compared with $30.6 million the year before. This was a decrease in income of over $20 million. The company had a third quarter combined ratio of 111%, an increase of 22.7 percentage points over last year's combined ratio of 88.9%. Combined ratio is a measure of profitability used by insurance companies to indicate how well it is performing on its daily operations. A ratio below 100% indicates that the company is making underwriting profit, while a ratio above 100% means that it is paying out more money in claims than it is receiving from premiums. With this in mind, their combined ratio of 111% does not look like good news. Douglas Dirks, president and CEO, said that cost trends in California have increased and the significant benefits from California reform have largely been realized. Mr. Dirks also said that he did not yet see evidence of a sustained economic recovery. Nonetheless, cost control efforts at employers' holdings were yielding results in terms of reduced expenses and lower underwriting and other operating expense ratios. Employers has implemented several initiatives that will strengthen performance ahead. They are rolling out a rapid quote capability in 19 states, which allows agents to have access to a rapid quote system for small business customers. The Travelers raised its full-year financial guidance after third quarter results beat the consensus estimate of analysts. Travelers' net in income rose 7.5% to $1.01 billion, driven by higher investment gains and a near total absence of the catastrophic hurricanes that typically plague insurers in the third quarter. It was the first time travelers exceeded analyst expectations this year. Chief Executive Jay Fishman warned in a statement that the economy was continuing to present challenges for the travelers. The company said that general economic conditions continue to impact revenue but the impact was less than in recent quarters. 
And in election news, California voters have elected Assemblyman Dave Jones to be the state's next insurance commissioner. Jones, a Democrat, won 51% of the vote to defeat Republican Mike Velines, who was favored by the insurance industry. Insurance companies contributed more than $4 million to the California Chamber of Commerce Jobs Pack, which in turn funded advertising favoring Republican Mac, uh, Mike Velines. Both men are termed out members of the state assembly. Jones will succeed Republican Steve Poisner as commissioner. Washington voters have rejected an initiative that would have privatized workers' compensation insurance in that state. The campaign for this initiative was part of a long-running political battle between the powerful Building Industry Association of Washington and the State Department of Labor and Industries, which runs the state's workers' comp system. Initiative supporters argued that competition could reduce costs for employers in a time of great economic uncertainty. Opponents of the initiative said it would be a mistake to let profit-driven insurance companies into the work comp market. Washington is one of four states that does not allow private companies to sell workers' compensation coverage. Washington has had an exclusive public system since 1911. And now our medical report. Medi-Cal scheduled drugs are now 93% of all work comp prescribed drugs according to new research by the CWCI. The report was based on an analysis of more than 4.5 million California workers' compensation prescriptions. Under the workers' compensation pharmacy fee schedule adopted in 2004, maximum reasonable fees for medications are calculated based upon Medi-Cal rates. But use of drugs that are not in the Medi-Cal database could drive up prescription drug costs. The new institute study shows that since the state closed a regulatory loophole that had allowed repackaged drugs to be dispensed to injured workers from doctors' offices, use of Medi-Cal scheduled drugs has increased. Medi-Cal scheduled drugs accounted for more than 93% of all prescriptions dispensed, this number up from only 33% in 2005. Most of the shift toward Medi-Cal scheduled drugs occurred immediately after the state cracked down on drug repackaging in 2007. Remaining cost drivers include a greater reliance on more expensive drugs, the emergence of compound drugs, copacs, and medical foods. Eli Lilly said that U.S. regulators approved the use of Cymbalta, its blockbuster antidepressant drug, for chronic musculoskeletal pain, including low back pain and osteoarthritis. The drug is also cleared to treat depression, anxiety, diabetes-related pain, and fibromyalgia. Cymbalta is already heavily used off-label for pain, according to FDA data. While doctors are generally free to use approved medications for non-approved uses, the FDA's stamp of approval would allow Lilly to legally promote the new pain use. Lilly said the exact way that Cymbalta works to reduce chronic musculoskeletal pain is not known, but it said it is believed the drug helps by enhancing the body's natural pain-suppressing system. The approval could lead to a sales boost 
for the $3.5 billion a year drug, which is the number two product for Lilly. Cymbalta has known serious side effects, such as liver damage, suicidal thoughts and behaviors, nausea, and drowsiness. A new study shows that spending more on drugs does not always translate into healthier patients. And in a second study, researchers found that when government insurers crack down on payments for certain drugs, doctors are less likely to prescribe them unnecessarily. The two studies published in the New England Journal of Medicine suggest that government regulators and perhaps healthcare reform can be used to cut costs and improve care. Researchers used data from the records of 500,000 patients using Medicare. The study showed no correlation between spending and how well patients did. This contradicts the idea that high spending leads to better prescription practices. In regions with higher overall per capita medical spending, patients were more likely to be given prescriptions for riskier drugs. Americans spend twice as much on health care as residents of other developed countries, but get lower quality and less efficiency. A second study found that when Medicare stopped paying so much for a drug that could be used inappropriately, doctors used it less often and more effectively. These studies concluded that medical schools should teach students more about costs. Unnecessary or inappropriate tests and procedures account for as much as 20% of healthcare spending. That's all, all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, your iPad, or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Skarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Please drop by again next week for more news.